0: Welcome to the Happy Tans Podcast, where you will learn everything you need to know about running a successful sunless tanning business. We will interview some of the industry's top business owners to find out how they took a passion and turned it into a prosperous business. And here's your host, Grant Conscious.
1: What's up, Happy Tanners? Thanks so much for joining us on episode 90 of the Happy Tans Podcast. On today's episode, we have John from Apollo Sprayers International joining us today, the first equipment manufacturer we've ever had on the podcast, so it's great to talk to him. I'm very familiar with the Apollo brand because back when I was at Shole, it was one of the main brands that we sold over a decade ago, and they're still here and growing and going very strong. They've actually been around for over 50 years, got into the sunless industry thanks to John's insight quite some time ago, and they've been around for a long time. Great equipment, great customer service, one of the best manufacturers of machines and equipment on the market. If you haven't heard of them, you've probably seen them. You may have not known that. They don't sell really directly to the public. Most of it's done through third-party people like Asholi or Norvell or any other major brands in the sunless tanning industry. But overall, great equipment. John answers a ton of questions and goes through some of the insights that I honestly didn't know myself. Hopefully, you learn a lot from this. It's great to see all the different sides of the industry, to see how they all come together, the collaboration, the harmony to make everything work. John, thank you so much for your time. It's always great chatting with you. And as always, today's episode is sponsored by the Happy Tans Website Builder, the first and the only website builder created specifically for the sunless tanning industry. Not only can you have a beautiful looking website within a couple of days, you also have a website that's a tool used to help grow your business. We build in the SEO, the search engine optimization, to help you get found in Google and other search engines. All that is taken care of for you in our done for you program. So make sure to check it out. Again, a couple days, you can have a new website up and running, something that's actually used, not just as a business card online, but something that's an actual tool to help you grow your business. We've built in some awesome features to help along with that and have more things coming down the pipeline in the very near future. And as always, thanks so much for taking your time to listen to this episode. If you wanna learn more about the Happy Tans websites, just go to happytans.com and click the create your website button. There's tons of sample websites there, testimonials, video case studies, and much more. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks again, John, for sharing your insights and your time and expertise with all of our listeners. I hope you enjoy the show as much as I enjoyed recording it. Have a great day and happy tanning. Hello, and welcome to the Happy Tans podcast. On today's episode, we have John Derrick from Apollo Sprayers. How are you doing today, John?
0: doing fantastic great grant thanks for uh, letting me join you today
1: yeah i'm excited first first equipment manufacturer that's been on here in our founders series i like to bring in some people that are behind the scenes maybe people don't know of some obviously some of the product companies they know of but especially equipment manufacturers right you guys are running behind the scenes and helping this whole thing come together so (laughs) thanks so much for joining we're excited to learn a little bit more about what you guys do the equipment all the differences and all that fun stuff too so let me open the floor for a second john Take a minute to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about how you guys got into the, the sunless tanning industry of all things. And, and we're looking forward to learning more about it. Yeah,
0: so as uh, Grant mentioned, uh, my name's John Derrick. I'm the uh, president of Apollo Sprayers International Incorporated. And uh, we make a uh, high quality, uh, high volume, low pressure spray equipment uh, piece of equipment that uh, for our uh, purposes today is used in the sun, UV sunless tanning industry. Um, many of you guys have probably used our equipment in the past, and we've uh, been in the sunless industry since about 2005 uh, when we first introduced our uh, Whisper Mist system, uh, which is our salon system, and then we've uh, evolved into bringing out additional systems. And our most popular today is our Mini Mist system, which uh, is sold uh, to a lot of mobile tanners and so forth. So, yeah, we've uh, we've kind of grown in the industry. We've uh, focused on our product on spray tanning, and we've adapted uh, technologies that we developed for other industries uh, to benefit the UV summit's tanning industry. So while we don't specialize in solutions or any of the other, th- we do specialize in the equipment and we strive to build the best performing, best quality equipment there is available.
1: Yeah, you guys have a great product. I've worked with it since uh, 2011, since I started back with Mike and Sholee and definitely been kind of the go-to for them though. I know the one we always used to refer to for sure. The, the mini-miss being the little workhorse, good starting package, great price. Obviously, you really can't beat it, so that's uh, a great piece of equipment. Uh, to, go, to go back further than 05 what, got your, what brought you into this industry, or where were you guys servicing before that, for those that may not know?
0: Yeah, so Apollo was originally founded in 1966, and my father brought it over from the UK in 1978, and uh, that's when we established our location here in California where we continue to build and, and uh, have our corporate headquarters. Um, so back in the early days, we uh, we were selling, obviously, for industrial applications. Our UV sunless industry wasn't in existence yet, and nobody even knew about it at that point. So we were focused on, uh, you know, spraying things like woodworking and automobiles and things like that, where you could uh, get a nice, uh, even spray pattern uh, to lay down a nice, smooth paint job. Without getting all the mess and the overspray that was associated with other types of equipment that was available and is still available today, so that the uh, the products that we uh, that we manufacture uh, were originally uh, designed for the industrial uh, applica- for industrial applications, as I mentioned, and so when we got into tanning in uh, two thousand five, we uh, applied the application, you know, the uh, principles and, and the things that we've learned in producing the best equipment for, uh, those industrial applications into a cosmetic application. And, you know, it's, uh, spraying suntan solution is fairly easy as far as, as that goes. It's not like, uh, trying to spray a car paint or something like that. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of little ins and outs and things that we had to learn as well. So, you know, in the early days, we, uh, we, um, we did a lot of, uh, testing and a lot of, uh, proving different equipment and, learning about what sizes and, and, and power of motors were necessary and, um, you know, how to, uh, how to change and, uh, uh, what's the word? Adapt to. Really adapt our equipment, yeah, for the needs of the sunless user. And yeah. so while they are, you know, very similar in, in what we're trying to do, where we're, we're basically atomizing a liquid and projecting that from the spray gun onto a surface or a substrate, uh, with the tanning, it's a little bit, little different because we're trying to get a real even atomization, uh, so that when you're, uh, spraying that onto a person's body, the, uh, the spray tan is going to be even and not blotchy. And, and so there's a lot of, uh, key, um, uh, Technical things that we've learned uh, to put into the spray guns, and, and that particularly in regards to the sizes of the needles and nozzles that we use, which is key to continue to getting that even uh, atomization. Yeah, there's so,
1: there's a lot that goes into the science behind it. A lot of people just pull that trigger and spray, you know, and hope that it works. And you guys are making all that come together. So.
0: Well, and that's why you know all the uh, the background that we've done and all of the the uh, the research and development on the product. Is one of the reasons why it is so easy to put the solution in, in a spray gun nowadays, and just go to town and be able to get a, get, get great results, um, because yeah. we have focused on trying to make it as easy as possible and to make the equipment the equipment uh, as maintenance free as possible, so that uh, you know the the, uh, the uh, technicians out there
1: can just keep on spraying and uh, and
0: get great results every time.
1: Yeah. That's yeah, it's quite amazing that goes into, you know, goes into all that stuff behind the scenes. And thanks to you guys for being able to bring all that together. You know, kind of interesting, a company that's 45, almost 50 years old now. That's, that's amazing that uh, about 15, 20, uh, excuse me, 15 or 16 years ago, you guys saw a need here and kind of rolled into the, the sunless industry. What was that you that found it? How did that come about? You know, that's kind of interesting, Grant, because
0: it was all by accident. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't initially find the industry. It found me. Oh, wow. So yeah, we, we obviously have been doing business prior to that, uh, in many different industries, but one of the smaller niche industries that we uh, have do continue to do business in is the toll painting. And so we had a customer that used one of our industrial systems for her toll painting business. And uh, she also happened to own a tanning salon. And at the time, most people were transitioning into uh, airbrushes. And obviously the big downside to airbrush is that it just takes forever to do a a full body, a full body tan.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, You know, back then I can remember people saying, oh, yeah, 45 minutes to an hour to do a full body tan with an airbrush. And it's very tedious and the results are uh, less than perfect because of the because it's so difficult to get a small fan pattern to give an even result. And so um, that was kind of how I started getting into it. I, I, I learned from this one customer about the industry and then started doing some research. And it wasn't uh, until shortly thereafter that uh, California Tan came around and uh, we, uh, they approached us. Uh, and uh, so that was right when they were launching their UV sunless line back, and I want to say that was probably about 2005, 2006, somewhere in there, and uh, they came to us and said, you know, we'd, we'd, uh, we'd like you to build us a uh, custom spray tanning system, and uh, that's where we started developing uh, some of the, uh, the larger, sort of more furniture-like type systems. Um, yeah. The original system we came out with for California Tan was the uh, turbo bronzer. I don't remember if any of our audience ever remembers any of that, but it it was a big white um, sort of MDF um, box that we were actually having made at a a local cabinet company. And then we would literally take the guts of our machines and install those into these cabinets more or less. And so it was like a piece of furniture that sat in the salon. And the main reason for that was uh, that we needed to have a quiet system, right? So with the, with industrial applications, having a noisy vacuum cleaner-sounding system in the background isn't really a big deal when you're running table saws and other larger equipment that make way more noise than that anyway. But when you're in a uh, in a tranquil environment like a tanning salon or uh, any type of uh, spa where uh, you know tanning was uh, was very pro- uh, proliferant, prolific, you um, need to have it quiet. And so one of the only ways to make these systems quiet is to basically put them inside a box with a, a lot of soundproof foaming or foam around the inside. Yeah. And so not that, have it overheat <laughs> and not at, well, and that's the key, right? So <laughs> that's where it all started is we had to do some experimenting and that's where we came up with what is now uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the evolution yeah. is, is the whisper mist, right? And so we kind of learned from our, our early days with Caltan and, uh, while the turbo bronzer was a great product, uh, it, it didn't ship real well because it was MDF. So we would get, you know, when sometimes when the shippers were a little less than, uh, than, uh, nice with the product that they, <laughs> they would beat it up. And so mm-hmm. it'd get beat up pretty bad in shipping sometimes. And then, uh, repairing and, and shipping, you know, the, uh, m- uh, mobility of the product wasn't that great because the cabinets were very heavy being made out of MDF oh, yeah. and so the the next sort of uh evolution of that product uh was when we got into working with uh and that was probably back in two, 2007 and 2008 and that was when we introduced uh their system which is now uh, basically the whisper mist and uh, that was using uh much more lightweight uh wooden uh, panels with an aluminum frame still the same guts and the same, uh, inside foam to keep the sound down, but now it's much more lightweight and much easier to maneuver. And, uh, yeah. we've, we've kind of kept that, that piece of furniture, um, sort of element to it, uh, for the salons, because most of most of your salon rooms are fairly small. Uh, the technician needs a place to put, you know, uh, nose filters and hair nets and foot, <laughs> you know, the little footy things. See, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all that stuff. And so, you know, if you didn't want to have another piece of furniture in the room, plus you have to have the equipment. So now it's starting to get a little crowded. So we figured, hey, why can't the equipment actually serve as the, the piece of furniture as well? And, and it can double as as multiple things. And that's kind of where we got with, you know, where we evolved into that whisper mist and how that has become today really the, uh, the main uh, piece of equipment for uh, most salons.
1: Yeah, that's an that's an awesome piece of equipment. I think a lot of people don't realize that. I just see so many people going for the lightweight ones because the I guess because they're obviously a lot more uh, affordable for people, especially starting out. But that Whisper Miss is a is a nice piece to have, in there. like you said, it's a nice little cabinet. It can look good. You can brand it, throw your logos on there, right, and all those kinds of things. Exactly. Um, but uh, I think it's a great opportunity. One thing I want to bring up about what you said. Um, just is for anybody in business, how I like to take the podcasts and interviews and relate them to people that, you know, obviously not everybody's an equipment manufacturer, but the the business opportunities, right? I mean, you had that come up to you from somebody that was doing something completely different. but always keep your mind open, have a good network, right? Your net your network is your net worth kind of thing. And I think having those things in mind, there's always different opportunities that could approach themselves. So it might be things, I'm sure John never thought of this understanding industry, maybe yeah. even never even knew of it. And now this opportunity is presented and he could have easily shrugged that off and look what how much different it would be for them and for the industry in general. So keep your yeah. mind open to these opportunities um, and Absolutely. things, things that things that can come up and, you know, never shut, shut things down because there could always be an opportunity out there for you. So uh, that's yeah. uh, that was an amazing piece of advice. No, I, 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 you know, it is, honestly,
0: it, you just got to learn to keep your eyes open and, and your ears to the ground kind of thing and take advantage of all the opportunities that come by. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I didn't at the time, I thought this was a fad. I thought, you know, hey, maybe we can sell some equipment for the next year, a couple years, you know, and before you know it, you know, it'll, it'll evolved into something different and it'll be gone. Um, no, I didn't think, you know, <laughs> 16 years later that I'd be sitting here doing a podcast with you and, <laughs> uh, and, you know, and having sunless industry and sunless tanning being a, a significant portion of our business and one that we, uh, that we gravitate to every year to, um, to further develop. And, uh, so yeah, you never know where your opportunities are coming. In fact, uh, my partner and my father, who's the founder of our company, um, back then basically told me I was wasting my time. So now That's he's, He's learned to eat those words because uh, <laughs> the tanning uh, system, the business has been uh, very lucrative for Apollo over the last 16 years.
1: Sure. Yeah. And it continues to grow and continue to grow. And you guys will continue to produce amazing equipment, support all these companies out there. So it's great. What, what everything that you guys are doing, uh, you, you mentioned a little bit about the, the sound, obviously a huge factor to consider when you're purchasing equipment. Maybe somebody hasn't gone down that road yet. Um, you know, we, we I remember we used to throw the decibel ratings or whatever it is on the website to kind of give people an idea. But you know, do, I mean, if you're turning on the mini mist versus the whisper mist, um, you know, there's I'm assuming there's a there's an actual difference when you're doing like a reading on you know for the decibel levels. But is there a huge difference in the actual sound for those people? I mean, obviously those are two different probably uh, systems. For people wouldn't be looking for those if they're mobile. But trying to get an idea of that, I feel like. Sometimes people are looking for, quote, unquote, the quietest machine out there or something. But I think it's kind of a misnomer because they're all going to make some type of noise based on the fact that they're HVLP systems.
0: No, you're absolutely right. And there are quieter systems than others. Yeah. Um, The biggest thing I think that uh, we need to be aware of is that um, there's a proper way to make these systems quiet. And then there's other ways that other manufacturers are doing And so, having proper ventilation and proper filtration to the motors is key to having the longevity of that system um, go on uh, for a long period of time. Uh, A lot of manufacturers out there, or a few I should say, uh, make so called quiet systems, but they do that at the detriment to the motor life. And because these systems are uh, put into basically a double box without proper ventilation, they run a lot hotter and heat is what kills the motors that we use faster than anything. So keeping the motor cool and keeping a cool flow of air through that motor is, is imperative to the long, uh, to the, you know, the, the, uh, the lasting nature of that yeah. motor. Yeah. And so that's, that's really the key. Um, everything that we've done with Apollo has been, um, With that sort of grain of salt, you know, yes, we want to have a quiet system, but we're not willing to make a quiet system at the sacrifice of the technology or at the the future reliability for the customer. And I think that's really the biggest thing to note. And that's, you know, the reason the Whisper Mist works so well is because we did a lot of um, a lot of testing and a lot of R&D on the motors and making sure that we were maintaining the same temperature of motors when we're uh, the motor, when we're building them into the, into the soundproof case. And yeah, there's a lot of difference between uh, say a mini mist and a whisper mist. Uh, the mini mist typically runs at around 72 to
1: 73 decibels at about six feet. Is that a, is that like a hairdryer vacuum cleaner?
0: Yeah. See, yeah, that would be more like a hairdryer. I think. Okay, uh, Vacuum cleaner tends to be a little bit higher pitched around 87 decibels. Okay. Um, and then the whisper mist is running in the low fifties. Okay. So it's a big difference. I think more notably though, than the actual sound. And, um, because the sound isn't necessarily the part that's offensive or that bothers, um, a lot of customers, it's the pitch of the noise of the motor itself. Sure. And when we run into smaller motors, uh, that are say, uh, more prevalent in, uh, systems like the mini mist. That's where you start to get much more, uh, not only the noise is louder, but the pitch of the noise is more offensive. And that's one of the things we worked on with the WhisperMist and our uh, uh, Mo- Mighty Mist system, which are mm-hmm. both mobile systems. And that is to keep the pitch of the noise to a minimum so that while the noise is still there, it's not nearly as offensive as, a, as something that was a high pitch screaming in your ear. Sure, sure. So that that's really one of the big differences is the is that pitch
1: and the sound. Yeah, that makes sense. by getting rid of that pitch, it's not nearly as offensive. Right, right. So people that are making your, you know, at home uh you know, quiet boxes and things like that, just something to consider. I remember Mike and them, I don't know if they still do it, they built something because they came from the cabinet industry too, which is funny that you said that. Um, his family was in that, I know, but they built something that was similar, right? Uh, it was a box, it the soundproof. It was heavy, it was made out of wood, but I remember it was, it was good, but there were so many considerations they had to take in to make sure that the thing didn't overheat and it worked. I mean, it quieted it down a lot, but we would have to continue to check that thing as we tested it to make sure it worked, uh, you know, and didn't, you know, right. at no detriment to the, the motor itself. So, I mean, I know people that have had this, and probably they still have it, but one of my good friends, Kelly, that, uh, that I met when I was started working at, uh, show Lee, she, she had their, her many miss for that. At, that time it was like 10 11 years it was still working still a workhorse the machine she used for our whole business so it's amazing how how long those things last
0: yeah um it's it's kind of a joke around our factory um because you know we have to look for new customers every year because you know <laughs> yeah I, I i have systems that are out there that are you know 15 16 years old at this point that are people are still using on a daily basis and so while that's great for the consumer it's not so great for a manufacturer so yeah. uh while we don't practice product obsolescence like some manufacturers do. What you know, we do build the best quality we can. That's kind of sometimes you know shooting ourselves in the foot because sure. we then don't get the repeat business as much as we would unless right. somebody's expanding or something like that. But right. you know, that's just the nature of our business, and and we would never change the way we do our business and the and the philosophies that we have and what we put first as far as building our product. In fact, we have a slogan on the wall in our warehouse. That says we are the Rolls Royce of HVLP. I love it. And that's what we strive for. There's yeah. nothing less uh, that we can, that is acceptable. Yeah. If that's we don't amazing. Have the, the best quality products. Um, we won't go to market with it. And it's that simple.
1: Uh, that's good. It's something to keep at top of mind. Obviously you guys see it every day. So I'm sure that always is on, on the top of your mind. And oh, and that's the reason
0: why yeah. they're out there and why they're lasting for so long. Sure. Because
1: yeah, we really
0: literally built them to last forever.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. And for the upkeep, I know there's some upkeep that can be done and I'm not going to, it's hard to obviously an audio to go through that, but I know that you guys, I know specifically you guys did some videos with, uh, with Mike and, and Sholi and then go to YouTube and check those out where I think you showed people how to go through and clean those. I think you replaced the old videos that I did back in the day <laughs> uh, that, I, that I did with Mike and who knows what I, I just came up with stuff and put it together, but it was funny. You're, you're the expert. So I'm glad you did that, but I know there are some videos I believe you did right with them to show people yes. how to properly, you know, change the filters, to, you take the guns apart and clean them. Cause I remember people would call and they didn't know there was a filter in that thing. And when they pull that out of that, you know, mini mist, they're huh. like, Oh my goodness. Yep. Yeah. Let that machine breathe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'll link all that below. I don't want to spend time because it's it's a hard without the visual, but there's some good videos you guys did with the, with uh, yeah. Lee that shows how to go through there and really take care of that equipment. You got to take care of it if you want it to last for sure. And my dad always hammered that home when I used to, used to talk about yes. my car. Yeah. Make sure you take care of it. So Well, and that's honestly, that's one of the things we still struggle to uh, convey over
0: to the customers. I think if anybody got anything out of our time today together, Uh, maintain your equipment. It's the most important thing you can do. Not only will it save you from a headache when you come to use the equipment to spray somebody and it doesn't work, um, but it will make sure that it's working in tip-top condition. And, you know, we've built these systems to be as simple as possible. We have customer service people that are standing by ready to help you uh, if you need help to uh, take the, the equipment apart and to maintain it properly because um, taking it apart, cleaning it and maintaining it is the most important thing that you can do. And it doesn't matter if it's an Apollo system or another brand, it's all the same. You yeah. need to make sure you clean it well.
1: Yeah. Great piece of advice. I know we've had some guests on in the past that that was their, you know, always ask what your worst, uh, what's the worst time thing that happened in your business so far? And I know a couple of people have referenced the equipment not working and that's, there's no worse feeling, especially if you don't have a backup system on hand. So right, not, not much you can I do about that. <laughs> encourage
0: your, yeah, I encourage your audience to make sure that they are not scared of the equipment and they don't feel like uh, they're intimidated by it, but embrace it, learn it because yep. it's fairly simple in its operation and how it works. And so when you start thinking about it, um, you you almost can answer your own questions because there's only certain things that can go wrong. you know, if, if, the, if it, you're getting an intermittent spray pattern or something like that happens, right. there's only a few things that can cause that. And so by, uh, trying to methodically deduce and go through a set of, uh, troubleshooting steps will, uh, help to, make uh, <laughs> to, you know, to keep you focused on maintaining that equipment and keeping it in good shape. And that's, you know, the, the most important thing for sure.
1: Yeah. I'm glad to hear that from you being the professional, obviously, in this arena here, because I remember we used to get tons of calls when I was at Lee, And now you look in the forums nowadays, always questions about the the spray pattern, the splatter and this and that. Now you know, there's always one answer I start with. Have you cleaned it lately? Um, and I just think like, hey, have you taken care of it? Do you maintain it? People are like, what do you mean? So <laughs> we'll make sure well, that everybody takes care of their equipment here.
0: Yeah. And, and cleaning it isn't just rinsing some water through it or something like that, right? Yeah. I mean, periodically and particularly with the Apollo systems, we use a very, very fine nozzle and sometimes in some of the solutions that are, have a higher content of bronzers in them, they can dry in the end of that nozzle. And so you can put your gun down and it could be working fine one day or even a couple hours later and come back and those bronzers have dried in the nozzle and you pull the trigger and all of a sudden nothing happens. Yeah. Yeah. And that could have all been prevented by just running some, rinsing some water through it. And then once a week, take your gun apart, clean it all out. And it's really just a matter of removing the, the needle and the nozzle and just allowing the water to flush through it properly. Yeah. Because, you know, the suntan solution uh, has uh, sugars in it. And it's those sugars that eventually will dry. And when so dry, they're almost like crazy glue. It's yeah. I mean, literally sometimes we get guns back where people haven't cleaned them. And we, we literally have to take parts off the gun because we can't remove the parts individually. So we'll have to take like the whole housing out of the front of the gun and replace
1: the whole part of the gun right. because it's so glued together that we can't even undo it. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. I remember a few that I got back, we used to help try to help repair them and they would literally, you couldn't get the front nozzle off and we'd soak it for time. And it was, it was crazy. Yeah. I tried to hit it with a hammer or something. I don't know. (laughs) Sometimes literally the only way we can
0: do it is we'll actually take a little cutting wheel and we'll cut the ring off the the air cap so we can try and save some of the more valuable parts. But at some point you're sacrificing parts because of that. And yeah, you know, the easiest way to prevent that is literally to, Clean your gun once a day, just rinse out the, the threads and make sure that they're properly lubricated. Right. It takes about five to 10 minutes to do it, but it'll save you hours of headaches down the line.
1: Yeah, definitely will. We'll link those videos for sure. If those of you that haven't done it, don't panic. You'll do it moving forward. Uh, we'll make sure those are on there. If you're if you're mobile and don't have a chance to, to go to the links, just go to YouTube and type in, you know, Apollo. Uh, maintenance, uh, show Lee, whatever, and it'll come up on YouTube for you there. They, they definitely have done a good job with those videos. And, yeah. And also, uh, your audience, they can, you know, feel free to, to uh,
0: reach out to us directly at the factory, oh, yeah. too. You know, yeah. Sally's there. She answers the phone and she's really uh, very good with learning, you know, knows how to troubleshoot the, the guns, knows how to ex- walk you through cleaning and, and all the proper processes. So yeah. if you can't find the videos or you're not comfortable with the videos, give Sally a call because she'd yes. be happy to
1: walk you through it. and help Yes. You out. Sally's awesome. Yeah. I didn't want to fail to mention that. So thanks for reminding me, John. <laughs> yeah. She can definitely help with that. Um, so for people that are starting out, maybe they're researching equipment and things like that. There's obviously, there's obviously a few different pieces of equipment. I mean, there's different manufacturers out there. People are looking, you know, there's, uh, there's a bunch of brands uh, now probably much more than there used to be, but I mean, what really separates you guys from other ones that are out there? Not obviously we're not looking to, go after any brands or, or equipment manufacturers, but more or less so people can compare if they're comparing apples to apples in their mind just to get an idea of what the differences are. Because if they're just starting out, they're just probably looking at the price tag is the first thing they're looking at. And then, you know, other than that, just kind of the, the, the reviews of the equipment itself.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot to go on. You know, each uh, solution manufacturer carries a different piece of equipment and they're all promoting theirs is the best. And so it's really difficult, really, as from the customer standpoint, to deduce what's out there and you know, wh- what direction to go in. Um, you know, we've, we've focused our um, ability on making, as I've said already, the best quality, best performing uh, equipment. And so you know, I tell people, look, if you're looking for the lowest price piece of equipment, you're not going to probably want to buy an Apollo because you're not going to get the lowest price. But you will pay a fair price for a great piece of equipment that will last a long time. And so it really just depends on what the focus is from the customer standpoint. You know, there's all kinds of brands all over eBay where you can buy packages for as low as $150 with a piece of equipment. But think about that, right? I mean, you usually, the old saying, you pay for what you get. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a reason why our, our mini mist cost $399. It's not because uh, it's a cheap piece of equipment. And <laughs> so when you're looking at a, a package on eBay that costs less than what just the equipment costs, you're going to be getting what you pay for.
1: Yeah.
0: And so while that might get you your feet wet on, in, in the sunless, you're going to quickly find out that that's probably not where you want to go if you're looking to, to establish a business out of it. Yeah, And I believe most of your audience are in business uh, and, and they're looking to make a living out of this. And so and that, with that in mind, you're going to want to look long-term and what's going to be the most cost-effective piece of equipment in the long-term, yeah. not the short-term. And yeah. that's yeah. why we've developed the three different pieces of equipment that we have for the different um, segments of the industry that we have, right? So we yeah. have the, the mini mist, which has really been designed for the entry level uh, technician, mostly doing mobile spray tans. And it's a very small, lightweight, under weighs under 10 pounds, the mm-hmm. system, and can be taken anywhere, plugged in, even have run it off of a battery pack or a generator if you need to. Um, but it can be pretty much ran anywhere and uh, used for, for mo- mobile tanning. Then we have our Mighty Mist system, which kind of sits between the mini mist and the whisper mist, which is our salon system. And the mighty mist then, um, incorporates a little bit more robust motor, a, a larger case, better filtration. So these are little things that you're going to get and what the differences there will allow you to do with the mighty mist and the whisper mist to be able to use those in a high volume salon where you might be doing, you know, 30, 40 tans a day. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of, um, uh, Repetitious uh, use that the whisper mist and the mighty mist can have. The mighty mist, um, or say so the whisper mist, uses the same motor technology as the mighty mist, but now incorporates the, the cabinet with with a much quieter design. Right. Although uh, the mighty mist, because of the variable <laughs> speed control that it has on it, which is kind of nice for if you're doing any contouring. So uh, for all of those people out there doing the. Uh, bodybuilder contests and the beauty pageants and things like that where they they do a lot of contouring and so forth um that's where having the adjustable pressure is a little bit nicer to have and then you can also reduce the amount of noise that's coming from the system by reducing the pressure as well and slowing down the motor yep. so those are some some key advantages to the mighty mist for sure um it has the ability to be able to use on a high volume basis but also is portable enough to be able to take out uh, and be mobile if you need to. That system weighs around 20 to 25
1: pounds, uh, versus the 10 pounds that the mobile mist is. Sure. Sure. So you get a little bit more powerful machine, one that you can adjust the, the, uh, you know, the speed there versus the, the, uh, mini mist is always one speed. And then obviously you get a little bit more heavy duty union about twice as heavy as well. And if you had uh, two
0: technicians, the mighty mist and the whisper mist, can be split off and they can be used to run uh, two different uh, mist applicators at the same time. Wow. Oh, that's so that's something, you know, so like if you were in a beauty pageant environment and you were doing a lot of people, you could have sort of two lines yeah. and have two separate technicians set up using one machine. Wow. Yeah. That'd be valuable for people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. instead of having to have two machines, you you, you know, it's a lot more portable and, and uh, you can, you still have enough power with
1: those machines to be yeah. able to, atomize your solution nicely sure sure so yeah those are basically the three different pieces of equipment there and the only other factor difference would be the applicator that you use either the t6000 which is the plastic or the t5020 uh, which is the stainless steel one which i think you still call them that that's from back in the day when i was there yeah uh, those um uh, what, what are the main difference for i mean for people that are just looking out, obviously the, the plastic applicator is kind of the basic one to get started. If you go with the Mini Miss, I don't know if they call it Pro or Deluxe, so that's what it is, um, is the yeah. stainless steel applicator. So, um, stainless steel one's about two and a half pounds. I think the other one's about a pound. So, you got some weight difference. But other than that, what are people looking at the main differences in those two? Again, it just comes down
0: to the quality of the materials and the longevity. So okay. the plastic, the plastic spray guns, made a little bit more to a to a price, while it's still really robust and works extremely well and provides a great spray tan. Um, there's some of the components inside. You know, so your body of the gun is all plastic versus aluminum in the 5020 uh, spray gun. Uh, then you have uh, the internal passages in the the 6000 are uh, made from brass. Um, while that's not a bad thing, um, the solution can corrode the brass over a period of time. So if you're not really diligent about cleaning the gun well, that's where some of the, you know, some of the underlying issues can happen when you're, uh, when you start to get corrosion in the brass parts versus the 5020, which has all the same parts inside, but is made in stainless steel. And then there's a few other nicer, you know, we have the click stop, uh, fan cap that rotates in the front of the gun and uh, makes it easier to align your fan pattern for the different uh, vertical, horizontal, or round spray patterns that you would get. Uh, whereas the 6,000 just has a free floating uh, air cap, uh, so you, which, yeah, you, you know, still it, it, it still works very well, but yeah, it just yeah. doesn't drop in. It doesn't have okay. those little uh, indents that locate it right into, into the, the, the position to make it a little bit easier. Yeah, it Really, the... it's just the quality of the overall gun being stainless steel inside
1: versus brass and some other uh aluminum parts and so forth yeah got it so those that that don't know if you're using this the t5020 stainless still, you pop it what does it go from like three o'clock six o'clock 12 uh, not excuse me yeah six o'clock nine o'clock 12 o'clock that kind of thing right yes yeah and then the the uh the t6000 this plastic you kind of have to loosen it adjust it to where you want it and then lock it into place correct Um, so yeah uh, and then the actual it's not sp- quite as user friendly. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, it's still it's still doable, but yeah, definitely easier on the T fifty twenty. So the actual spray, the actual solution that comes out, does more volume come out of one than the other, or is that not not? Pretty? No, okay. The, the volume
0: of the uh, of, of the mist applicators are controlled by the size of the nozzle. Okay. And we use a proprietary size that's custom for us that nobody else uses, and it's a very very tiny size. And we use that same size on both the 6,000 and the fifty twenty, So the actual atomization that you're going to get from both guns is very, very similar. So it's not like you're sacrificing the quality of your spray tan by going with the cheaper model. Sure. Because if you put them side by side, you wouldn't notice any
1: difference. Yeah. Yeah. And something to consider that people that are just starting out might not is like uh, the, the actual... Weight of the gun and the difference. I actually know people that like the plastic one because it does weigh less. It's easier. I mean, over time your shoulder because you're doing a lot of up and down with that your shoulder, and some people have rotator cuff issues Mm -hmm. and stuff from doing that. So just something to consider that you might not be thinking about if you're just starting out. And to be honest, I would have both anyway, just to have a backup gun anyway. So
0: oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, having a backup gun is always the smart thing for sure. Um, If you're in business, you should you should have a backup just you know because you never know. Comes back to the cleaning thing again, but. If you're, if you're not as diligent about cleaning, then having a backup uh, mist applicator is really essential Absolutely. just to making sure that you're successful when you go out
1: uh, and you're doing business. Yeah. So if I'm out there looking, trying to find out who to purchase my Apollo equipment from, and I know I want to get one of those. what I mean, I know you guys sell to the different brands and people can carry your products. I don't know what goes into all that. We don't really have to touch on that. But uh, is, a, is there like an MSRP? Like, Do people have to stay at a certain price point for the equipment?
0: So we do have a map uh, policy, uh, which mm-hmm. is a minimum advertised pricing policy. Um, and that's really, to, you know, so that it stops um, certain distributors that are more inclined to want to just lowball pricing and sell on price. We like to make sure that all of our distributors are making a fair profit over the other two uh, on pricing. So, yes, we kind of set that limit. So. Typically you'll see, you know, the mini mist uh, priced at around $399, maybe a little bit more than that. In some cases when you have some solution and a tent that's packaged with it. Yeah. Uh, but typically you'll find a package in that, you know, with the 6,000 spray gun for around the $500 mark um, with a, with a nice uh, array of solutions to get you started. Uh, then when you uh, jump into the mighty mist, uh, you're now changing not only the, the, the spray system, the, the, the air source, the turbine, but you're also changing the mist applicator to the 5020, which yeah. is obviously the better gun, as we talked about, or the higher quality gun. Uh, and so the prices then jump up to about 895 for a complete system. And then uh, the top of the line that we have is our Whisper Mist, which incorporates basically all of the, the features of the Mighty Mist into a quiet cabinet, which then uh, I think the retail on that's around fifteen ninety five something yeah, like that,
1: fifteen hundred something like that. Yeah, uh, I mean you know. and and the thing to keep in consideration to make it relative for anybody that's starting a business, obviously you're still looking at getting into the sunless industry for around a thousand dollars less, a little bit more, depending on what you want to do. So it's still, (laughs) it's still a killer, killer opportunity to get in there. Super low, uh, you know, overhead with that stuff. Uh, You can make, you can make your money back. Literally. I remember at Shirley, we used to say you can make your money back with the, with the products that are included in the starter kit and then some, which, you know, no, not many businesses can say that.
0: well, and and I think the the, the good brands um, are they're providing you with everything that you need as that package, but then they're also providing you with all of the support that you need in order yep. to make you to be successful too. yeah and I think that's really what it comes down to is not just buying a package for the lowest price, but buying a package from uh, a, a reputable um, distributor uh, and somebody that makes a, a good quality solution to go with it because, at the end of the day, you can have the best equipment in the world, but if you don't have a good solution, they're not going to they're not going to work well together, and yeah. you're going to have problems. Yeah, so absolutely. picking out a good solution and having a, a really, uh, you know, one that's uh, that that uh, is supporting you and that works well is really important as well. So that whole package is really the key, and you know why you probably don't want to go and spend one
1: hundred and fifty dollars on eBay. Yeah. Yeah. You're paying for a lot more than just the equipment when you're buying it and supporting the exactly. business. You're, you're paying for the support, the you know training, probably the solution. You know, I know surely we have the starter kits. I know a lot of people do those. You get all this stuff, you get a training, you get this, you get that. Not, not only that, you get the years of experience and support on the phone or email or whatever, whatever have you. Uh, so there's a lot to consider with that, but at least, at least people know they can go out and look and then kind of compare what they can find uh, based yeah. on the different brands and things that they have to offer. So uh, I'm sure you guys, uh, as everybody in the industry, have seen a lot of shifts and changes and challenges and things during this time, this, this pandemic that we've been in now at for almost two years, which is crazy. How how has it been from your guys' side? I know we did a little chat pre, pre-recording, pre but I'd love to hear you know what it's been like for you guys and uh, how you've rolled with the punches and all the ebb and flow that's come with all of that. Yeah, it's been a crazy two years, you know,
0: Uh, as I said to you before we got started here, I think back in April, I thought my business wasn't going to last much more than another month or two, Uh, April of 2020, that is, Uh, you know, everything started getting shut down. And one of the biggest things, uh, you know, that was right at the beginning of of the sunless industry of this kickoff of the season that year. And basically everything got closed and nobody went on vacation and nobody got married and all of the things that drive the sunless tanning industry stopped right. and everything just stopped. And it was at that point that I, that I realized we needed to do something to, to stay in business. And we actually pivoted and believe it or not, a lot of the, um, the same things, uh, uh features and sort of benefits that our tanning systems provide uh for the sun, UV sunless industry we were able to adapt over to disinfection and at that time we were all very concerned about everything um you know both uh, airborne and surface contamination and uh so we were you know literally disinfecting all of the surfaces, desks, doorknobs, light switches, all kinds of stuff, spraying it down like crazy at the beginning because we didn't know any better. And uh, that sort of drove a whole segment of our business for probably about a year or so, uh, where we were actually selling uh, the the mist system for spraying disinfection. And uh, it worked really well. And then at that time, uh, it was about that time uh, that the CDC then, oh, maybe what, about uh, October, I think it is, that came out and said, well, we believe that COVID's more of an airborne virus now than it is a direct-to-surface uh, contaminant. And so more or less within a month or two after that announcement, uh, that part of our business dropped off the cliff as well. So it was kind of interesting how it all mushroomed up. And then while we were all in the unknown and didn't really know anything and people were buying those systems for spraying, you know, disinfection around their homes. And then all of a sudden, oh, now you don't need to worry about disinfecting as much as we thought because it's really more airborne. And that was when, if you remember, they flipped their whole uh, story about wearing a mask. And at first they were telling us, no, don't wear masks and all this. And yeah. then, you know, four months later, we're all having to wear masks. Yeah. So that was kind of, but that was interesting because that's what, you know, what's what we do. And again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier and seeing an opportunity and pivoting on it and taking advantage of it. And while that was something that came and went uh, as a fad, you might say, and um, it certainly helped us to stay in business and it kept our people employed. And we were lucky in the sense that because that also allowed us to uh, fly low under the radar kind of thing. And um, we it established us as more of an essential business, which enabled us to continue to uh, our operations, even though a lot of businesses in our area were completely shut down at the time. Yeah. And while it, you know, proposed its own challenges and trying to keep everybody safe and uh, that we uh, mitigated it. And uh, to this day, knock on wood, we haven't had one case of COVID at, at Apollo sprayers. Wow. So Um, You know, and I I would attribute that to all of my staff and and how diligent they were about following directions and and following all of the CDC's requirements. And that's really helped to protect us all and to keep us all safe and keep Apollo in business.
1: Yeah. Definitely. See, I, yeah. again, because like you said, the opportunities we saw a lot of the, unfortunately, some businesses obviously had to shut down or may may still be shut down, went out of business, whatever, which is terrible. But we saw a lot of people that became really resilient, found other ways. A lot of the spray tan artists were selling more retail and started relying on that, seeing that as a huge opportunity, other ways to keep their doors open, you know, because it was a super exactly. challenging time for everyone. Um, in one in one way or another. Um, and for you guys, I can imagine that, you know, I, I just remember with working at Sholi, like as, as a manufacturer, somebody that's producing these things like you have to be ahead of the game because you have to have all that stuff from wherever you get all these parts and pieces, ingredients in stock and ready to go in advance of and predict the next year. Right. So you guys are looking at from 2019, 2020. Everybody says it's going to be an awesome year, the best year ever. And then you guys have all this stuff in an inventory and things that you might not be able to move, which I can't even imagine how challenging that is. It's like a seesaw trying to balance that. Like, I want to bring in too much, but not have enough. Um, And anybody that's been in a business uh, in that situation, that growth, uh, you know, as you experience that and go through it, it has to be a challenging thing. So. Uh, good. I'm good on you guys for being able to roll. Yeah. That. I mean,
0: I think that's it. Resilience is the key. Right. And, and that was the biggest, I think that one of the biggest concerns I had was, um, yeah, we got all this inventory because we were planning on having a great tanning season in 2020 and all the indicators were heading in that direction until March basically. And, uh, at that point we had to pivot. And, and like you said, I was, you know, expecting to sell thousands of systems over the next couple of months, and now all of a sudden, I've got all that inventory in stock and we can build them, but we don't have anybody to sell them to. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: And that, that was a challenge. And so, yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway is that, you know, when you're in business, you have to be able to pivot on a dime yeah. and you have to be able to see, um, you know, things as they come around and you have to be able to, to take advantage of that immediately and that was something if we'd have waited six months, we'd admit that we'd have missed that whole disinfection boat. But we literally pivoted. And by the end of April, I had a, a whole nother website out uh, that we developed for disinfection. And we had a whole new line of product that we were making out of existing components that we had that we re- kind of combodulated and put together <laughs> to make a disinfection system. Wow. And that, you know, that kept us going for Basically, a couple of months while, um, you know, we were all in shutdown and trying to figure out whatever else was going on. And then slowly tanning started coming back a little bit uh, that summer and our industrial business took off. Uh, So we were very fortunate in that respect.
1: Yeah. Like you said, the resilience, you know, keeping your eyes open for stuff. If something comes up, you know, it's not a problem. It's an opportunity. There's got to be a way around it. There's got to be a way to fix it or or to maybe grow from that or expand upon that. So make sure, you know, the, the whole point of this podcast is really to teach people to be better business owners or to be a business owner just in general. So, you know, there's, there's some Definitely some resilience there from you guys and being able to roll with that and all the challenges there. But what, what do you guys think is, I'm, I'm sure this was, it seemed to be a good year for all the artists i talked to, manufacturers I've spoken with. I'm sure it was good for you guys as well. But what do you think is going to happen once the pandemic is, you know, behind us? I don't know what that's going to look like. Obviously nobody does, but um, as things return to normal, maybe here is next year when it starts getting warm again, like it did this past year, do um, you think it's just going to continue to grow uh, at, at a good rate? Yeah. and
0: Unlike my father back in 2005, (laughs) who was very skeptical about the sunless industry, I'm very, uh, uh, very positive. I think there's a lot of great things happening in the sunless industry. Obviously, over those last couple of years, there's been a lot of consolidation with a lot of people not making it. Mm-hmm. Which is like you said, very unfortunate, and I never wish that upon anybody, you know even my competitors, I never wish them to go out of business because they're just like me. they have their own families and their yeah. own employees and people they have to feed as well, and uh, you know we can all survive and uh, I think that's the biggest the, the biggest thing is like we didn't know where the last couple of years were going. Um, all indications are that people are charged and ready to go to go on vacation and get married and start getting back to normal life yeah. I think we've been trying to do that for the past six or eight months, but you know we've had hiccups here and there, and COVID keeps throwing us left ball, you know, curveballs when we don't expect it. But uh, I think we're, you know, we're all starting to be a little more resilient about it, and we're starting to realize that maybe COVID's not going away, but we just got to learn to deal with it and, and move on. And I think that's 2022 is where it's looking uh, really good. I think the sunless industry is very still in its infancy there's still a ton of, uh, of business out there to be had. And uh, I believe 2022 is looking up. It's going to be our best year since 2019, I believe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome to hear from you guys. Um, I think that a lot of people can would, would relate to that and, and, you know, second that and stand behind that statement. I think it's a, a good thing. Uh, a good thing, hopefully that, you know, everybody makes it through it healthy and everybody can look forward to what's coming up here in the next year as it continues to grow. Like you said, it's hard to believe still, you know, still in infancy. If you look at the numbers, the industry is growing um, and, and people that are getting on board now will continue to kind of reap the benefits of that down the road as it continues to grow. So much more, much more to come. A- anything new coming from you guys? I mean, I know you guys have these models. I'm sure there's, I mean, you guys kind of hit all the different uh, levels or, or I guess areas of the sunless industry. I don't know if you guys ever are, are working on anything new or is it pretty much sticking with what you guys have It's working?
0: Well, as far as equipment wise, yeah, we're sticking with what we've got this next year. Um, we did actually just completely revamp our mini miss system last year. Um, so we, we actually had been running the original mini miss system for, uh, well, since 2005. So about 16 years and gosh, we must've sold hundreds of thousands of those things <laughs> over the last 16 years. And so bottom line is our molds and our tooling were wearing out. And so we had to do something to, uh, to uh, up, update those. And so we took that, uh, adv- that timing and, and uh, re- redesigned sort of the Mini Mist a little bit and added some new features to it and uh, updated the, uh, the aesthetics of it a little bit more and sort of tried to make it a little bit better but without sort of changing it drastically. So it's kind of a sort of a model refresh like the, like the auto car, you know, the car industry does every yeah, now and again. Sure. Uh, so while it's not a new system per se, Still using the same reliable guts that we've had in our old system, just putting a nice, uh, a new, fresh body on it and making it look a little bit nicer, a little bit more functional. Uh, and so that's now our Mini Mist Pro that we're introducing. Or I, actually, I did introduce it uh, this last year. Uh, so that'll be coming back in in the spring. And um, yeah, we plan on uh, building thousands of those systems over the next year.
1: Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, you guys make a great product. I've always stood behind it. I guess, you know, thanks to Mike and in introducing me to it. We always, uh, you know, always would push people towards that minimum. It's such a great product, such a low entry cost. And like you said, it, it is a true workhorse. The thing will work for for years and years and can grow your business and make you a lot of money in the sunless industry. Uh, John, and, yeah. Yeah. If anybody wants to check out the equipment, they can go to H- HVLP for high volume, low pressure sunless.com to actually see it you can buy it. I know you can buy it directly from you guys, John, but you probably push people towards the manufacturers to get some additional support and products and things like that. But if you guys have any questions for them that are accessible, Sally, you can call them up. Uh, we'll put all that information down below. Super helpful staff. They're, they've always been great at, at what they do and continue to as the industry continues to grow. So John, thanks on behalf of me, the Happy Tense community, Sunless community on everything you guys do to support all these businesses that are out there. They rely on your equipment every single day. Um, a lot of people probably just don't even consider that, but it's a huge, huge part of it. Um, so thank you for for all of the, you guys doing all the hard work, hard work you and your team put in
0: my pleasure grant thanks for uh, having me on today it's always a pleasure to talk to you and your audience and uh, i'm always happy to uh, learn new things as well and and so i think that's really what we're all in. we're all in it together and so if we can help support you and your business uh, please let us know and we'll be happy to do so
1: yeah and if john anybody has direct questions can they reach out to you at your email absolutely yeah. feel free to email me directly at uh, john j o h n at h v l p high volume low pressure.com That's right. We'll put that down below as well, John. Thanks again for your time today. I hope you have a wonderful day and happy tanning.
0: My pleasure, Grant. You too. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. Happy holidays. You too. Thank you.